As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Marty Wolf, the Chief Culture Officer at MailChimp. What'd you guys think? This was great. Um, it was really interesting to hear from a culture perspective what they're doing to stay intentional uh, internally as they grow. They're almost 400 people now. So it was, it was interesting to see some of the things that they've done and some of the initiatives that they're currently taking um, to keep the culture strange and weird and fresh and fun. Uh, what'd you guys think? Yeah, I think, you know, over time as you grow, that can be threatened, the the culture of fun and risk-taking. And they've managed to, to keep process to a minimum and try to always figure out ways to keep that at the forefront. So it was great. Let's get into it. So, Marty, tell us a little bit about what you're working on at MailChimp. 
I um, have currently moved into a new position. Um, I started out here as the an HR director, and for the first few years, I was a team of one. And so over the past few years, we've been adding folks to the team to make sure as we grow that we are doing things to keep people engaged and connected and making sure that they're part of a community um, in that as we grow, it's really hard to hold on to that culture. So in my new role, um, moving into this, a big part of my job is to fulfill the promise that this is an amazing place to work. And I'm working more closely on the culture side of things and working directly with the CEO on developing and supporting the people. So some things that we have currently put in place are things we just um, revamped our onboarding so that, you know, it used to be that when people started, they would, you know, get the benefits, do the paperwork, meet a few different teams. But now we've set up a whole program so that before they even get here, we're sending them information about here's what your first day is going to be like, here's what to expect. And then they arrive and they get, you know, the first couple days of departmental overviews of making sure that they're connecting with other teams and doing fun stuff like they're assigned a companion, um, which is basically a cultural coach or mentor. And it's somebody that's outside of your team to make sure that you're engaged and meeting new people and know, you know, have someone to ask those questions that you don't want to ask, maybe your manager. So that's something um, that we're constantly tweaking. Like just this week, we added in a new, you know, fun, like scavenger hunt um, thing. We're now in this big new office and it is, you know, it's harder to meet people. It's harder to stay connected. And just by that first day of, um, I mean, this first week, of new hires, being able to like run around and meet new people and being part of a fun game. Um, you know, that's, that's something fun that we just added. That's so, as I understand, they made a new position for you, um, as the chief culture officer, um, coming from the human resources director. Um, I'm curious to know what you see as the difference between HR and culture, and even why this shift into culture from kind of an HR-driven um, approach? Okay. Um, in moving to this position, being in HR, a lot of what my role was, was both the culture, making sure that we were making decisions as we grow that are staying true to us. The, you know, very early on, <clears throat> very early on, the founders created this culture of play, this culture of celebrating creativity and not not so much, you know, play in that there's Nerf guns around and ping pong tables, which there's definitely that. But the culture of play and, you know, people tinkering and celebrating creativity and passions outside of work. And so always keeping, you know, my eye on that and every decision that's made of, oh gosh, we're growing we're going to have to add process. We have to, you know, this is something new. We've got to put the, you know, that we're facing, we've got to put this particular process in place. But thinking, how can we do that? That still feels like us. And there's a balance, you know, so how can we make it still feel true to to our culture? And then I had the other side of this process really needs to happen, being, you know, 
deep in the the process of HR of paperwork and decisions and, you know, um, so being able to carve that off and the HR director that we have now is amazing because she was here already and she's actually a lawyer, which is really cool because she was part of the legal team. And so she can do all that we need to do to be looking forward and, and protect us as we grow. But yet she also really is good about thinking through how we can do things and add process in a way that feels like us and is true to our culture. Mm. So she's handling the day-to-day, you know, um, what process do we need to put in place to protect us? What's something new that we can, you know, where we can be more efficient, you know, helping managers out um, with employees, but yet do it in a way that is not so much process and keeps it simple. How do you kind of test the, you know, uh, what is too much process and what still feels like MailChimp? Um, we ask for feedback constantly. Okay. From, um, you know, from managers and from even with, like, with on, whether it's onboarding or a new benefit we're adding, um, we talk a lot about it before we put it in place. Then afterwards, we constantly tweak you know, does this feel like too much? How can we do it in a way that, that isn't too much process? How in the early days um, did the culture, like how did they embed the culture into MailChimp so that you were able to grow to, I guess, 400 um, right. today and still be a fun company that's recognized for having amazing culture? You know, I think that in the very beginning, you know, it's easier when you have just a handful of people working together and you come in every day and you, you know, talk about your weekend or things that are important to you outside of work and you make those connections. Um, And then also encouraging people that even when they started working here, they may have been in a band, you know, at night and that was okay. Or they may have, you know, whatever outside interests, interests there were, really celebrating that. And then as you grow, you know, that gets harder and harder because those connections um, get harder and harder and for people to make. And it's so important to have that sense of community. And I think throughout, as we have grown and been more intentional about that, um, the leadership has really helped. And like one great example recently was when we moved to the space, we're in this new great office space. And when we moved over here, we had been in that old office space forever. And, um, moving over here was exciting. You know, it's brand new and this is going to be great. But there was also this sense of like, wow, there's, you know, you're going to, are we going to miss that scrappy feel? Be nice when the air conditioning works, you know, but that scrappy feel of this old building. But in moving here, um, brand new offices, uh, the glass, the, the, the doors to the offices or these big glass doors. And the CEO, um, Ben Chestnut, he went out of town. And while he was out of town, two people, we didn't know who it was, took and one evening drew all over his glass, like doing this cool mural. Um, I think it said like the whiz or something on it. It was really cool. And when he came back, he, you know, I think it just, just remained anonymous. But when he came back, he sent an email out that said, I don't know who did this, but I'm going to find you and I'm going to hug you (laughs) (laughs) because, which is just so great, you know, because here he is again saying, you know what, 
please be weird. Please be different because this is us. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. You know? And, um, and just yesterday I went by the, the back, um, one of our back kitchens and I walked by and there was this like bowl of hummus that had this cute little note that was like, Hey, this is homemade hummus. Please eat me, you know, with like a smiley face. And I just paused and thought like, Oh my gosh, this makes me so happy to see like with this many people in this much bigger space. I have no idea who left that hummus, but it totally made my day to think like whoever that was is still feels the sense of community. And I don't care how big we are. I'm going to make some homemade hummus and bring Mm -hmm. it in. I mean, there's nothing better than anonymous hummus, right? Oh, well, exactly. (laughs) I mean, delicious. Or sometimes they're like, and over at the old office, there was homemade apple pie, like would just show up. And I'm like, who made this apple pie? So anyway, being in the new office, I'm so excited that people are still leaving little gifts, treats around. That's so cool. It's, it's a lot of people wonder about what things they need to do to create the culture they want. But I think it's a lot of those impromptu actions and the responses to them that determine what your culture is. Right. And I think having positions, you know, we're lucky enough now that we have some dedicated positions in place. Um, I mentioned the onboarding, but we also have this uh, position as employee happiness ambassador. And she does an amazing job of it's again, not just, you know, here's all this fun stuff thrown at you and be happy, but it's, she's creating opportunity for engagement. She's community service opportunities or bringing in great coffee hour speakers um, to, you know, for discovery and learning. Um, So we're lucky that we have those, but even at a very, you know, very early stages, we were doing things like this, you know, where at coffee hour, we would, maybe we couldn't afford to bring in a speaker, um, you know, or get someone interested to come and speak for us. But we were taking somebody that was, you know, interested in martial arts and having them come in, you know, and do something with us or having somebody else that works here that is interested in crafts or something and coming in and doing a coffee hour. So when we think about culture, a lot of people focus on the fun side and that's kind of what we've been talking about so far, which is huge. But another thing to consider, especially as you grow is having a culture of people that want to advance their careers and grow Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and baking that in. And you mentioned earlier that you have MailChimp University I'd love yes. to hear a bit about that and the effect that that has had on the culture as well. Okay. Um, a couple of years ago, we, you know, we're so excited. We're growing fast, but we kept asking ourselves, how can we scale, you know, our weirdness, our growth, how can we get stronger, but yet wanting to help our employees learn new skills and advance in their own careers and impact the company's growth. But again, with growing and wanting to hang on to our culture, we were worried about, you know, adding too much process or, oh, this is going to feel weird bringing in outside people to teach classes. So we really wanted to do it our way in a MailChimp way. So we started working with, um, we partnered with an Emory professor named Michael Sachs, who's an organizational development expert at Emory University at Emory's um, University's Cosueta Business School. And we worked with him to design an intensive academic style leadership program that was custom fit for us. So it was, you know, 
it can feel like us, um, but helping employees with leadership skills and all employees, because we wanted not just, you know, a lot of times these development programs are only offered to executives or managers, and we wanted all employees to benefit from developing, developing leadership skill set. So we worked with him, and he came in and um, probably for about the first five months just got to know the company. He would sit around, observe our culture, um, observe interactions. He would attend meetings. He would interview employees about what they felt this program should look like. And then from that, um, we developed this program. And we have now have two full-time staff members on the team that actually work at MailChimp and their talent mentors that work on the MailChimp University team. And then we have eight professors from Emory that come in to do the program. And is that something that people opt into or is it uh, kind of a requirement company-wide? Um, it's, I, it's, it's definitely where it's highly encouraged. Um, we've never had anybody not wanting to participate. Um, it's, it's definitely encouraged and expected because it's, you know, part of growing and part of being on the team and we've never had pushback, but, you know, if somebody's busy or, um, you know, of course they could opt out, but so far, I mean, it's been amazing, um, in terms of, you know, we've been doing it for nine months and we, there's just so much great energy around it. We have two full-time staff members that are on the MailChimp University team, and um, they're actually here at MailChimp, and then we have eight professors in the program, and it's been, we've been doing it for about nine months, and there's great energy around the program, um, people really applying what they're learning, and employees are taking ownership of their path here at MailChimp, so it's going really well. How do you deal with... Um like there's there's the encouragement side and then the disciplinary side. Um, how do you deal with the disciplinary side while still encouraging like creativity and exploration? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we definitely have that. And you mean in terms of if it comes up where someone was being... Now there's structure and you have to be, you know? Yeah, like how do people know where to play and then where, like how do you draw the boundaries, I guess, as a as kind of a leader in the company sure. um, without killing kind of people's motivation and excitement? Sure. I think um, it is. It's a tough balance. I think, of course, you have to be getting your work done. but mm -hmm. um, But there's an expectation that part of your role here is going to include ongoing learning and tinkering and um, but there's you know there's a balance if all you're doing over here is wanting to play and tinkering create your own thing you know that's not that's not going to work mm -hmm. so it's that balance of okay how can we give you that outlet you know and carve out time here for you to stay focused and that's you know a lot of what we've done with MailChimp University has really helped with that because there's lots of you know, um, some of the sessions cover that and people have motivation and performance. And a lot of times for people, they may be in a position or big parts of their position may not, you know, they may not be very passionate about. So how can we tap in to the things where, you know, that you are passionate about and give you 
opportunities to explore that. Whether it's maybe somebody that loves teaching, but maybe in their current role, they're, they're maybe not managing or having an opportunity to teach, making sure to tap those people when may, you know we're bringing in an outside company that's going to, or an outside group. Like today we have a organization called Girls Inc. here, and it's, you know, to encourage um, young females in technology. And so tapping those people to say, hey, they're coming in. Do you guys want to be part of this? You know, mm. showing them around and talking about the company. So those types of things. Very cool. What, um, is there like a management style that you guys kind of encourage um, your managers to he- adhere to or anything that they do to kind of get this information, one-on-ones or kind of stand-up meetings? Is there anything consistent across the board? Uh, yes, there's um, definitely one-on-ones that managers have one-on-ones um, with their people, you know, weekly, there's group meetings, um, team meetings, there's a coffee hour that we do once a month that most of the coffee hours are fun speakers coming in from the outside. But once a month, it's an all hands meeting with, um, you know, giving updates where people, different managers from different teams stand up and make sure everybody's in the loop on different things that are going on. But Really, and like through MCU, even though, like even when I went through personally, one of the things, there's there's just such great common sense stuff that you learn. Like for me, one thing that really hit home was making sure that even though you're having those one-on-ones and that you're seeing your people daily and they know when you're stressing, come by anytime. My door's open if you need anything. Unless you are actively going out and like every day do a two minute check-in, like every day go by and make sure they see you, you know, you're, if they see you, they're that much more, you're just that much more approachable. Okay. And it, do they, is there anything in those one and ones? Like there, are there any really good questions that you find that kind of bring out people's personality or is it, I don't I guess kind of like a, you feel it out um, in each conversation. Yeah, I think, um, you know, managers learn to tap into what's important for different people and and different styles. And one thing that we've done that's really helped us here is we have been using uh, the Berkman method, which it's it's a personality assessment that we started using about the same time we started doing MailChimp University, and it measures motivation. It doesn't measure skills, but it measures motivation, and it looks at how people communicate and what you put out is so different a lot of times than what you get back in return. Hmm. And so, you know, for example, like what I put out may be very direct, you know, I'm very straightforward. So someone's going to interpret that as, oh, like I can be right back direct with her, but you may need to soften it a little bit when you're giving me feedback. So it's just this great cheat sheet that it shows you exactly you know, how people like to be communicated with. And um, that's a tool that's been really great. And another thing that at first there was a little bit of pushback thinking like, oh gosh, what is this, you know, personality assessment, please. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a little bit of that, but then when people started using it, it was like couples therapy with, you know, 
it's just this, like instead of someone having to spend it the first year of you know managing someone or then being managed thinking wow here's this okay great i know exactly how this person likes to be communicated with so that's really helped managers and employees you know communicate with one another but in those one on ones you know just checking in on challenges and how they're feeling and their workload and team challenges how do you guys um or or what has how has the culture evolved as you've grown and is there anything that stayed consistent that you guys were doing at the beginning that you still do today? Um, yes, lots of stuff, luckily, that has stayed consistent about, nice. you know, that that culture of, of play and creativity. Um, you know, like I, the examples of the hummus and the drawing on the, the door and everything. That, that luckily has stayed. Um, and trying, you know, people, you know, in the beginning you know, it was everybody would get together and go to a happy hour. Oh, let's plan this social event. And that's gotten harder and harder because there's so many of us. So just getting more intentional about arranging those opportunities is something we've, you know, been really working at. And, you know, but as far as things that kind of have changed or, or definitely, you know, it's definitely the structure and more meetings, you know, before, we didn't, you know, it's like you just could hook up in the hallway. And right. now, you know, you have to say like, oh, let's act, we have to set up a meeting for this and more people are involved and, or you have to book a conference room, like book a conference room. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> but now there's the conference rooms like, you know, that you have to book. So that's, you know, the, the, the structure stuff, you, you have to have it. You just have mm-hmm. to as you grow. And it's just, it's going to be there and the process. But just constantly looking and tweaking and asking for feedback about how can we just, you know, not to keep it simple. Yeah. What advice would you give companies that are, you know, a little bit younger, uh, say, you know, 20 people or so? Um, on the culture side to 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 get something rooted today um, that they could have when they're as big as MailChimp? I think the most important thing when people are, are starting out um, is to make sure that you're starting with the values and that, you know, your people understand those values and, you know, ours are independence, creativity, and humility. And I think in the beginning we just lived them and didn't Mm. talk a lot about them. But as we grew, we realized, wow, we need to really start talking about these values so that people can coming in, um, understand the values and, you know, we tell stories and tie things back to the values. Um, cause unless you start right in the beginning with it, it's hard. Um, to feel that. So I think just being really intentional about your values and the people that you're hiring. You, you've also talked about onboarding specific to hiring new people. For companies that are smaller, say you know zero to 20 people, they have a shorter cycle of being able to learn what's working or what's not working with their onboarding. Right. What are right. some things that you've learned that they should definitely have as a part of bringing on a new employee when they're just starting out? I think um, the most important thing is that 
helping people understand just even before they start what's expected, you know, having a clear picture of what's expected, what to expect before they even get here. And then not just, I mean, we had been guilty of that, of someone starts, oh, hey, how you doing? There you go. And get started. Um, And not making sure that they were completely, you know, engaging with the team and had onboarding, um, not just into their team, but getting to know other teams. Um, because, you know, when someone's starting out, it's like being the, the new kid, you know, at school and you want to make sure that you have someone to eat lunch with that day and just making sure that those people from the very beginning feel that sense of community and really, um, understand what's expected of them. Because even in a very small company, you're, you know, there's the same expectations of you need to, you need to do your job. Here's what's expected. You need to have, be getting feedback and getting feedback is just so important versus it being, you know, 90 days, one year in, oh yeah, by the way, we need to give you some feedback and hadn't even thought about it. Cause I think that's, that's what happens a lot of times when you're small, you just, you know, everybody's just around and talking. Certainly this person knows they're doing a good job or they need to improve because we're just all right here together. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I guess everyone could just go to twitter.com slash MailChimp to check that out. Thank you so much. I, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And be sure to check out our app discount section where we have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today.
Thank you.